in their, um, everybody's around a different point in their journey. And um, sleeping an eye on my waiting room. So my, my eyes might look weird, but I'm not cross-eyed. You guys just... <laughs> um, everybody at different points in their journeys. And uh, there are things here that's going to sound very simple. Um, and, uh, you know, again, mastery comes with repeating the things that we think we know. And getting better at those foundational steps and then building on that. So as I was going out, as I was um, building this out, there are things along the line of um, eating to match the your circadian rhythm. Um, uh, and again, a lot of eating to match your hormones that I didn't quite get in this. Um, but we'll try and run through as fast as possible based on the crowd that I have. Because everybody here seems to be, um, everybody here I know. And I know where you are in your journey. Um, and we don't have any beginners this morning. They might be a little late to show up. So um, let's just dive in real quick. All right. Um, thank you guys for being here this morning. This information is not designed to diagnose or treat or replace the, the uh, information um, or the advice of your doctor, your physician, or your dietitian. I am not a licensed dietitian, however... I have personally gotten my body fat percentages down to three and a half percent. I've worked with a couple of athletes who have dropped their body fat percentages uh, under five and four percent um, pro bodybuilders, pro figure competitors. So I kind of kind of qualify myself to give this information. OK, um, real world experience, not some stuff that I teach in school, stuff that actually works. All right. Um, remember, everybody's uh, uh, outcome, everybody's body is going to have to be tweaked to match their, uh, their own physiology, your own physiology. Your diet is going to be tweaked to match your own physiology. But um, mastery starts uh, from the macro level and then we go in. Why does she keep jumping out of the waiting room? I'm going to admit her one more time and we are going to start. All right. I am going to mute everybody. Um, anybody have any questions? We're going to put it in the chat. No. Here is what. Yes. Here's what I would I ask you to have today. Uh, pen, paper. Um, pen, paper and a calculator. Now, I usually I write all these things down because my brain goes like this. All right. And just gets crazy. So I have to use something to keep me in line. Chris, if I should fall out of line. Just type, you are falling out of line, okay? Because I need to run this down in, I need to make this as simple as possible. All right, so let's start. Um, constructing your diet, all right? Um, the, thinking, the thinking behind eating a variety of foods, all right? And I'm gonna make an analogy. So when performing a cardiovascular workout, right? The driver is your heart rate response. Now, your heart rate response is based on your goals. Um, so the goals that you're trying to achieve, we have one more person in here, admit. Awesome. We have one, um, the goals that you're trying to achieve, whether it's conditioning, fat loss, whatever the thing, whatever the thing is, is based on a response. A heart rate response based on your activity could be anything. Could be running, spinning, jumping, cycling. Doesn't make a difference. Whatever you want to do, you can do it to boost your heart rate. Doesn't make a difference. Now, for strength and skill outcomes, all right, 
variety may produce counterproductive results, right? So variety for cardiovascular training is fine because it's a response that you're looking for, heart rate response. Whatever your choice, you do that. For strength and skill, however, variety may be counterproductive, all right? So, so for, for skill and strength, maintaining something that's narrow and tight, you practice, you practice, you practice, and you get better. 10,000 hours, you become a professional, all right? To get, a, to get better deadlifting, what do you do? You deadlift. To get better at agility work or speed work, you practice speed and agility. Um, now, in terms of variety in your diet, all right? Variety is kind of paradoxical because variety, when your skill set is low, there's not much variety. But as your skill set as your skill set becomes better, then you can add more variety. You get it? So for strength, for cardiovascular training, tons of variety. For strength and skill, limited variety. When it comes to diet, low skill, right? Low skill, no variety. High skill, high variety. I'm just giving you a big, wide view of what we're doing here. So. Now, there are three reasons to avoid, three reasons for variety. No, there are more, but these are, my, these are the three top reasons. Number one, boredom. You don't want to be eating the same thing every day, right? You get bored. You don't want to eat it. You're like, ah, I'm going to eat chicken and broccoli again. That's done. Number two, nutrient deficiencies. You have variety because, my print is weird, sorry. You have variety because you do not want to be deficient in any particular nutrient. You gotta get your colors, you gotta get different type of meats and carbohydrates. And number three, right? Food allergies, right? So you might be born with a couple allergies, but most food allergies are born because we eat the same food too much. So changing up your diet would avoid you, would, would avoid any allergies and would allow you to kind of enjoy the foods that work for you for a longer period of time. Make sense? All right? Now, three reasons. Now, to avoid this, no, you need to, you need to have skill. To, to, to make this work, you need to have skill. You need to have skill in knowing how to put this together to add the variety. Now, a couple things that you need to know for. A couple things that you need to know. What are you eating for? What's the goal that you're trying to achieve, right? So let's say a goal is to rebuild. We know the number one rebuilding macronutrient is protein. If your goal is to energize, you might probably need more nitrates. Nitrates provide more, um, is a precursor to nitric oxide. That, you know, has, that gives you that pump, that gives you that sweat, that makes your, your blood vessel dilates. High nitrate foods are usually celery and beets, all right? Um, you need to unlock the, the energy in your food. So you need folate, you need B vitamins. So to energize, you would need nitrates and food that are high in folate, dark, green, leafy vegetables. Um, if you're looking to heal, healing foods come from re reduction of inflammation, ginger, turmeric, um, eggs, raised sulfur, glutathione, garlic, razor, sulfur, glutathione, those are master antioxidants. So the healing foods, the energizing foods, and the building foods are a little different, right? Now this is, again, 
more advanced. You just take take these notes and you can know where to plug these things in. Um, no, next thing too, number two, is this the right time to eat what I'm eating? Uh, do I want to wake up in the morning and have a high carbohydrate diet? We spoke about that. I spoke about that all the time. This is one of the things that, that, that I will continue to say throughout my life. You do not eat carbohydrates for breakfast. They destroy your neurotransmitter activity for the day. I experiment, I say this and I experiment with it all the time. Saturday I woke up and I ate some crap and I felt like crap all day Saturday. Till like about three o'clock I felt like crap. All right, and when I say I ate crap, probably had like a couple slices of a whole grain bread when I should have had protein and fats to boost my dopamine and not produce serotonin because serotonin is what puts you to sleep. So is this the right time to eat what you're eating? All right. So number two is the number three. Sorry. Is the energy exchange the same? One cup of this does not equal one cup of that because uh, uh, some foods are more dense in calories and others. All right. Now, let's get cracking. That was a quick overview to build your plan. Pens, pencils, calculators. This is going to be real simple. I had a much more complex uh, 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 mathematical calculation. We don't need complex. We might have a couple of contents on the call, <laughs> but we don't need complex. All right. Number one, woman, if you're a female, if you're a male, man or woman, pick where you are. If you're a woman, multiply your body weight by 0 0.08. Right? If you're a man, multiply your body weight by 0.1. And this first calculation is this first calculation, right? Now, I have examples here, and I'm going to show the numbers as we go along. This first calculation determines your protein intake. All right? Why your protein intake is first. All right, number one. Protein intake is, again, it reshapes your body, but, but it helps prevent, as you get older, sarcopenia. That is the reason why this is one of the main drivers of longevity. How strong you are in your deep years, your twilight years, you are stronger as you get older, you are going, you're more than likely you are going to live longer. There's results, there's studies, there's tons of, there's meta-analysis on this, all right? The stronger you are, the older, bearing all of the factors in mind, you are more likely to live longer, all right? And sarcopenia is the age-related loss of muscle mass. Now, you might think that you're 25 or you're 30 or you're 35, sarcopenia is not an issue. It is, all right? So, number one, we have a calculation. That number that you got is the amount of protein that you would need for the day. So if you are example, right? I have an example of a 150 pound female multiplied by 0 0.08, that equals 120. That's the grams of protein that you're gonna have for the day. If you're a guy and you're 180 pounds, multiply by one, that's 180, right? Number two, we have your lean multiplier for carbohydrates and now 
I did my numbers based on weight loss. I didn't do any numbers based on weight gain. We could always tweak those variables after. I'm just going with the majority and then we could we could start putting in um, minority goals, all right? Number one, this might be a little exercise now, right? <laughs> if you guys can stand up, right? You don't need to do it in front of me, but if you can stand up, and through your clothes, grab the fat on your stomach. If you could grab the fat on your stomach, here's your multiplier, right? For carbohydrates, multiply your body weight by 0 0.02. Now, if you could pinch the fat on your stomach, right? Pinch. You will multiply your, carbo your body weight by 0 0.05. So now, clearly, what this picture is trying to, to illustrate is, if, is, is, is where you are in terms of your body fat to your carbohydrate consumption. Does that make sense? Because the, it shows that the leaner you are, the more carbohydrates you could consume. And the heavier you are, the less carbohydrates you're going to have to consume. Because it's an energy, it's an energy, um, it's an energy thing, all right? No, you guys get that? I'm going to repeat that one more time. And the same goes for men and women. This calculation does not, uh, 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 the, doesn't take gender into um, consideration because it shouldn't. It's based on your body fat. doesn't make a difference. Your man or woman, your body fat percentage is your body fat percentage. Your protein requirements are only going to change because men have more muscle mass and women have a little less. So to repeat the second step, if you can grab, multiply your body weight by 0 0.02. This is the number of carbohydrates you're going to have for the day. Now, this number looks really low. It's kind of scary for a 150-pound woman. It's 30 grams of carbohydrates. For some of you, that, that probably equals like licking an apple. All right? If you're, uh, if you're lean, if you could pinch, 0 0.05, which equals 75 grams of carbohydrates. All right? Now... Uh, man, for weight gain, right? I'm just going to throw this in there. If you are naturally skinny as a guy and you want to gain weight and you're below the ages of 30, 35, multiply your body weight by three. That's the amount of carbohydrates you're going to need per pound to put on weight. Now, if you are naturally skinny, and over the age of 35, this is where the, the energy um, requirements and the hormones start, start uh, coming into play. You multiply your body weight by two. So for a 200-pound guy, you want to start putting on some lean, mu lean muscle mass. Over the age of 35, you should probably be consuming over 400 grams of carbohydrates. Now, we could see the... If we are consuming anywhere from like 100 grams of carbohydrates, if you're a 150 pound female, 100, 100 grams, 125 grams, 150, pound, 150 grams, you could see where you're eating too much carbohydrates, right? Because these are the requirements for a guy trying to gain weight. All right, number three, we are going to calculate your fats, right? This goes the same. Male or female, no change. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you can grab the fat on your stomach, and when I say grab, you have to stand, not sitting. Sitting is going to be different, right? If you could grab the fat on your stomach, 
multiply your body weight by 0.05. This is your fat grams by 0.05, okay? Point, my bad, 0.045. That's a big difference. Sorry, 0.045. Now, if you can pinch your fat on your stomach, multiply your body weight by 0 0.032. And I put three because you know how I say three, right? I say three, all right? 0 0.03, I see you, Jill, two, all right? That is your fat calculation if you can pinch your fat on your stomach. So now we're seeing the relationship between a, having a higher body fat percentage, lower carbohydrate intake, and a, a, a lower carbohydrate intake and a higher fat intake versus somebody with a lower body fat percentage which would have a higher carbohydrate intake and lower fat intake. All right? Nice. Now we're moving forward. Now we're going to start putting this all together. You guys have your numbers. Got it? Your protein numbers, your carbohydrate numbers, and your fat numbers. Now, next. Last episode, we did, I did a discussion on your fat, how to, how to maximize your, your, your brain's uh, uh, ability to recognize leptin, which is the hormone that takes care of your metabolism over a period of time. We determined, well, not we, the research determines to burn fat efficiently to, 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 to maximize fat loss, we need, a, we need at least four hours between meals. Four hours. No snacking, no grazing. Nothing that goes in your mouth that adds calories. Four hours. So now we're seeing how we're going to start chopping this up. If your day starts at like 5.30 and ends at eight or nine at night, you would probably be able to get four meals. You got it? Four meals with four hours in the middle. If your day starts later, you probably would have to do this in three to maximize that four hour window. So, based on your day, right? Bearing in mind that you got four hours between your meals. Bearing in mind when your dinner is, when your dinner, dinner is here, or your breakfast, or when your day starts, or when your workout starts. I want you now to start putting this together. So I'm going to run an example. So let's say you're working out at 8 in the morning, or 7 in the morning. This is 6.30, 6.37. You would have your breakfast post exercise because you want to be working out on a fasted stomach anyway if you are uh going for performance and fat loss you want to be training fasted maybe a little bit of amino acids would help but you are going to have your first meal after so let's say your first meal after is eight o'clock your next meal is going to be 12 all right now, 12, then your next meal is going to be four. So now we're seeing that that four hours, that three, that three, um, those three meals are, big, are spread out real much. So, so if you see a dinner at six o'clock at night from 12 to six, 
you may have a little bit of variance. That's six hours of fasting. So you may just try and adjust your meals up. Now, what, what is going to happen is the amount of calories that you are going to be putting into each meal is going to hold you for four hours. And, and this is the kicker here, all right? If you are calculating calories based on a, a equation, and but and you are maximizing the, the the fasting space between the space between your meals, what you are gonna see is that you are allowed to eat more food in one sitting over three meals, as opposed to eating less food over five meals. This is research, this is evidence, this is what I say, this is what the research says. This is based on my own personal exp um, experiment for the past two, three weeks. You are allowed to eat more in one sitting, lose weight with this gap between meals as opposed to eating less and feeding every two and a half to three hours. Research guaranteed, I could send that via email. You want to... I could send that right now. Well, not right now because I'm not as skilled right now. But I could send it after. All right? But that's research. I proved it on myself. I read the research. I could send the research. You could eat more food with that big fasting area. Good. So, now that we have uh, that clear. So, what's if you came up with three meals a day or four meals a day, whichever number you came up with, we're going to start taking the, the numbers so we have your protein numbers, your fat numbers, and your carbohydrate numbers. So you could get a, get a piece of paper, protein, fat, carbs. Write your numbers underneath each one. Your first number, your second number, your third number. Because all those are the grams that you're going to be eating. So let's say you want to do this over four meals for the day. All right? Let's say you can't sit and eat three big, big meals for the day, or you're used to eating six, you're used to eating four meals and snacking all the time, it's gonna be very hard to come down from six meals to three meals. It is going to be very hard. You're gonna feel kinda, whoo, kinda dizzy. So you may have to, one, break it up into four meals and or probably stick one snack in there when you need it. I I more, more than likely you might need that snack in the afternoon period because the four to six, that's a big, 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 big gap. But if you're eating three to four meals and snacking in the middle, getting down to this, uh, uh, this is going to take time. Remember the body responds to small changes, not a big change. So six meals all the time, down to three is going to be very hard for some people. So six meals down to three, probably plus one snack. That could, that could probably work better. Use the snack when you need it. All right. So let's say we have, we got our numbers. Three categories. We divide our categories into three. Right? So let's say a number, let's say a hundred, yeah, let's say a 150 pound woman and your, your protein requirement ended up at 120. 120 divided by three is how much? 40. Each meal is 40 grams of protein. Right? Let's say a fat was 60 your total category and you divide it by three right 60 divided by three is how much who's who, who, could, who could do math on this <laughs> that's 20 
All right, and let's say the same thing is for carbohydrates. Now, these numbers are hypothetical. You guys have your numbers in front of you. Look at it, right? You guys have your numbers. So, now we say each meal has your protein number, your carbohydrate number, and your fat number. I want you to remove the carbohydrate number from your first meal. If it's breakfast. Any questions, please type it in the chat. Raise your hand and I will answer you right now because we got to get this right before we move forward. Right? Now, most uh, Americans, they eat their carbohydrates at night. You sit with your family, you eat, you want to enjoy a good meal. You know, I used to fight it. But I don't fight it anymore because you're in Rome, you live as Romans, right? You want to enjoy your carbohydrates at night? Enjoy your carbohydrates at night. So, take your carbohydrate number from in the morning, right? And split it for some in the lunch, for some at night. Take your fat numbers, put it down in the morning. Half of your fat numbers. Put it back down in the morning. Guys, we're eating the same amount of food and we're just changing the way the body is going to see the, the neurotransmitters and the hormones that these, food, these foods are going are gonna to spike. So now we're seeing our breakfast is high protein, high fat. Our, carbohydrate, our lunch for carbohydrates would be, our lunch would be high protein, higher carbs, lower fat, and our dinner would look the same way too. We're eating the same amount of food in the day. We're just, it's, it's just going to affect the body differently. Now, the carbohydrates at night. Somebody's going to say something. Go ahead. There's, yes, there's a, there's a question. Um, for those focusing on muscle gain, are you still not including your carbohydrates in your breakfast? Okay. All right. So, I'm going to address this right now. Um, here's what we could do with that. Because you're going to fall in the same category I'm in. My first meal of the day is a shake. It's a protein, protein fat. I would take that first and then have my carbohydrate meal after. Because remember, for muscle gain, you're not following a four-hour fast. You're more along the lines of what the dietitians recommend. Small meals every two and a half to three hours. And we see how that has worked out in the current state of health in the United States. It's evident, it's evident that, that 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 teaching is wrong, it's flawed. Two and a half to three hours is what we use to gain muscle. So to answer that question, protein, fat in the morning, get your neurotransmitters right. After about an hour, hour and a half, after what is called the cortisol awakening response starts, starts dipping you're going to start having your carbohydrates as you go along. All right? Especially if you're a student. If you're a student, even if you're going to work. So for those of you who require your brain to work, you do not want to go to work with carbohydrates in the morning. You are going to be foggy like, like shit. Excuse my language. There, there's a, <laughs> there's research where, quick. let me go on a quick side note here, where they had three groups of kids. And for those of you who have kids, we're gonna have kids take this into consideration. A, B, C. Group A was fed protein carbohydrates. 
Group B was fed protein fats. Group 3 was fed mostly carbohydrates. They gave them an IQ test. Group 3, carbohydrates scored the least. Next day, they just switched around the macronutrients. And at the end of the three days, here's what they concluded. The students that ate a higher carbohydrate breakfast scored the lowest on their IQ. You are putting your kids and yourself to sleep by eating carbs in the morning and starting your day. So you can't expect your kids to go to school and bring home good grades if you're putting them to sleep after they slept all night. And then you wonder, like, why is this, you know, why are you not doing it? They're waking up 12 o'clock after you sleep all day and you give them some high, uh, some high sugar cereal in the morning to go to school with. Just take that into consideration. All right? Sorry, that's me going off on, 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 on the moon right there. All right, so now we have your three meals for the day. Now let's start putting these things together. Okay, now Chris, you're gonna have to help me this because you have some of the other stuff on the other side. So for breakfast, numbers, calculating your protein. Uh, what do you guys do for breakfast? I need some um, suggestions. An ideal me, ideal day of eating four meals and a snack. If you're eating four meals, you do not need a snack. So you will get four meals only and no snacks. All right, that's five meals a day. We're done with that. Five meals a day uh, uh, got America in the state that, that she is in right now. We need to reverse that. So four meals, no snacks. I'm being a mean ass because you guys are not beginners. You guys are getting into the next level. You guys got to start leveling up your game. All right. In the morning, ideal breakfast. All right. I will email you guys. I have everybody here. The sheet that we use to convert, you guys probably already have it. The quick sheet that we use to convert, I could probably pull it up and share my screen. How to calculate, how to move your proteins across real fast. Because a cup of quinoa and a cup of white rice is very different in terms of um, caloric density and energy, uh, 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 how, how the energy is moved around, protein, carbohydrates, fat, blah, blah, blah. So ideal breakfast, number one, eggs. No, everybody wants to eat egg whites. If I eat this piece of paper, I'll probably get the same nutrition as egg whites. I am sorry. If I eat this piece of paper right now, nah, nah, nah. same as egg whites. Why? The yellow has a lot of the beneficial amino acids. And from what we, what, what we saw, from what the, the research and the, the industry has evolved to, and I, I, you guys use branched-chain amino acids. I always recommend branched-chain amino acids with essential amino acids. Because the body does not do this. The body does this. It sucks everything up in one. All right? That's my boy right here. Um, gets everything up in one. So, eggs. If you have cholesterol issues... If you do, then you just gotta just, just gotta watch a little bit. So ideally, two eggs a day would be fine if you don't have cholesterol issues. Healthy people can't eat two eggs a day. Alright? So that's number one for breakfast. Number two, um, in terms of uh, in terms of protein, you could do a powder to get your protein start in the morning. Now a powder. 
a protein shake rather, would bump your, your, your protein calories up real fast without having to add, uh, let's say you're doing a, 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 a bacon. Oh, wow, I'm recommending bacon. Yes, I am. All right, grass-fed cow, baby, grass-fed bacon. All right, um, bacon, or let's say you're doing some type of a sausage, a breakfast sausage, which is not ideal because it's not a whole food, but it can work if we fit it in there. All right, fats, avocado, olive oil, coconut oil. Coconut oil is great for your brain. For those of you who use your brain to work, MCT fuel is like rocket fuel. Coconut oil in your coffee will make will wire you instantly. Ten minutes, you are wired and you're ready to go. Flaxseed, organic flaxseed. Um, did we say avocado, Christy? Avocado, coconut oil, organic flax. Um, butters, nut butters, almond butter. Watch your peanut butter intake. Peanut butter is up. Too much of it is pro-inflammatory. All right, no grass-fed butter, ghee. All these things add into your fats and your proteins in the morning. Now remember, we spoke about variety, guys. Once you nail your first diet plan for a week, then you add variety. You can't add. You can't be like, oh, I want to eat this and I want to eat that and I want to try this. No. You try shit when it's working. Excuse my language. Oh, your, uh, your microphone is muted, so your voice can't hear this. Um, <laughs> oh, phone headphones. My bad. Sorry. Um, you watch. You have to make sure your plan is working before you get to variety. Right? Now, lunch, dinner sauces, proteins, fish, steak, chicken. Guys, we order all our meats from ButcherBox. And ButcherBox was, at the beginning, it's like this thing where it's like a luxury. When compared to the food store, ButcherBox is the same price. And the quality of steak and the bacon and the chicken is very, very different. Very, very different. If you eat a ButcherBox steak and you go to the supermarket, you never eat meat in the supermarket again. Never. Never. Very, very different. High quality meat produces high quality results. Okay, awesome. So, protein sources, fish, steak, um, chicken. Um, now we're talking about uh, uh, how much steak you should eat. Everybody has a uh, uh, different thing about red meat. Once, twice a week. If you're on a keto diet, you're on a high-fat diet, very, very low-carb, you could probably consume more steak than the average. But if, there's carb if there are carbohydrates in there, you probably want to keep your steak um, and your fatty meat a little lower. Now, at night, chicken, turkey, it's higher in glycine. Glycine is a precursor to serotonin. It will help put you to sleep at night. Steak would be a better choice during the day. White pieces of meat, chicken, turkey in particular, would be better at night. Turkey has the tryptophan. You know that 5-HTP is a precursor to GABA, a GABA inducer, GABA inducer. GABA inducing foods help you sleep better. Right. 
No, we're looking at fats. If you, let's say, you grill your chicken, there's rarely any fat in that. So your fats, now remember your fat in your meals are going to be lower at lunchtime and at dinner. Alright? So your fat in your meals could come from the fat that you used to cook. You need to, if you need to add fat, you add the same quality of fats you would add in the morning. You could probably add the olive oil to your greens now, your salad. Your greens, your spinach, your, your mushrooms to saute your salads and to saute your, your greens in, sorry. Or as salad dressing. Alright, you guys getting me? Alright, now. Now, once you have put together your shell. How do we figure out if this thing is working? Alright, now to troubleshoot. Here's the deal. So we established what our starting numbers are. Now, when I did the math based on the recommendations I gave you, it worked out to be the same thing as if I was calculating your calories. Now, guys, these numbers I gave you, again, is for weight loss. Okay? Here's the kicker. Got to stay with me here. Once you start implementing this, and you start seeing results, you have to now incorporate a cheat meal. That is where you eat your crackers and your chips and you have your extra stuff that you like. If you do not incorporate your cheat meal, your leptin levels will fluctuate. You got to incorporate your cheat meal at least once a week. And your cheat meal is not something that, psycholo that, that psychologically beats you. It's something that makes you feel good because you're working this hard and you're spending one hour here listening to my dumb ass on the computer. All right? Your cheat meal is what rewards you for all the hard work you do. It also helps you to stop your metabolism from coming to a grinding halt. Your metabolism is going to stop if you keep doing this all the time. If you stay in contraction, your metabolism is going to follow. Leptin is going to start dialing down your metabolism. Cheat meals are very, very important. Now, the opposite now for those of us who are trying to gain muscle. We must take one day and dial back the amount of food we eat in. And then go in again. Alright? Because, uh, as Christy pointed out, those uh, T Nation, they put their Dorota article, and guys who try to gain weight, they eat all the time, they end up becoming insulin resistant. So the body does not respond to the food anymore. So there are certain days, there are one or two days of the week, if we're eating, if we're eating constantly to gain weight, we need to pull it back. The same, the opposite goes to, for those of us who are eating in here, one day we need to do it this way. That's just how it works. All right? The body's going to adapt. Number two, as you start becoming leaner and your metabolism starts increasing, you're going to need to increase the amount of food that you're eating. If you're not increasing the amount of food that you're eating, your metabolism is also going to stop. Now, we always complain about a slow metabolism. What boosts your metabolism? Uh, yes, Jill, cholesterol is in red meat and eggs. Definitely. Um, what boosts your metabolism? Exercise. 
No, cardiovascular training. If you burn 100 calories, you're going to burn 5 to 10 calories per maintenance every hour. So if you were to do 300 calories on a run, you are only going to spike your metabolism by 45 calories. You could lick an apple and get 45 calories. So your metabolism is determined more so by the amount of muscle mass that you lay down. So when we're thinking about how much exercise we need to do to burn off something that we eat, is that a good, is that a good trade for your time? So think about, Christy, give me some numbers here. Let's say somebody was to eat 150 calories. Let's say 200 calories, a nice piece of ice cream, an ice cream cone, right? How much time would it take? What activity? Let's say we were to run. Let's say we were to jog, walk. How long would it take to walk off 200 calories? Google it fast. Please, thank you. <laughs> She's like, what are you saying? Point is, guys, um, I'm going to unmute you so you could give everybody an answer. Point is, um, if you are, once you lay down lean muscle mass, your numbers need to go up. 10 to 10, 10 to 20% increase in your macronutrients as you start building muscle mass. Now, as you start dropping weight, every 5 to 10 pounds, you need to adjust your numbers. You got it? You need to adjust your numbers. And this is where it gets tricky. This is where you need to monitor yourself. Once you start dropping weight and your weight and your body fat, let's say, you, your, let's say you, your weight goes on 10 pounds and you're not adding non-lean muscle mass, then what you would do is start dropping your numbers. But once you are adding on lean muscle mass, which would not show so much any scale, but would show your body fat percentage, then you need to carry up your calories. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Uh, a hundred fifty pound person is gonna take forty minutes to burn two hundred calories. Forty minutes to burn two hundred calories. Is that a good trade for your time? Probably not. So, uh, just just be wary of what you eat. Okay, it's I don't know if that's a, if that's a a good trade that you want to make. Thank you, Christy. Um, so guys, let's just run back to the last point. I'm getting a little over the place now. Um, I need to keep going down. If you are 140, hypothetically, and you jump on a scale and you're 135 or you're 130, you need to adjust your numbers. Go back to your calculations, plug back in the numbers and go back down. If you are 140 and you jump on a scale and you're 140, but your body fat went down then you need to adjust your numbers up am i clear weight that stays the same and body fat percentage that goes down requires a higher amount of food more energy weight that goes down right if your weight goes down then you would have to drop your calories to match. You drop your macros to match. Drop your numbers to match. Go back and plug your numbers in the calculation. You got to know where you, it is coming from. More muscle mass would require more calories, more energy. Got it? Nice. We are moving down. Now, let's start going down. We are coming down to the end. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of how, how we calculate stuff, right? Now, 
here's what the numbers company, aka Weight Watchers, do. And here's why uh, they are so successful and you are not. All right. Now, their doctrine is based on the calorie model. They work with people based on our weaknesses, letting you believe that if you play the numbers game, you can eat what you want to eat. Clearly, this is far, 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 far away from the truth. And if, take into consideration, if I were to take you and clone you, split you in half, and feed you the exact opposite uh, percentages of macronutrients, your outcomes would be different. Do you understand that? If I were to clone you and I gave you 20% protein, 20% carbohydrates, and 60% fat, and I gave your exact twin 80% protein, 10% carbohydrates, and 10% fat, do you believe that these two people are going to look the same? They are not. So therefore, we could see the calories game does not work. It's your first layer. It works a little bit, but then you got to think a little deeper. Even as they change your approach to the high-protein model, the fact remains that the foods we eat affect the hormones we produce. Last episode, we spoke about how when you eat pro-inflammatory foods, the fat cells releases um, cytokines. These cytokines drop leptin down. So look, let's simplify this. These cytokines re, um, produce, produce molecules that make us insulin resistant. So even if we're eating within our calorie numbers and the food is affecting our hormones negatively, we're still not going to get the response that we want. All right? Now, even if, let's just take, I, I take a 25-year-old and I compare them to a 70-year-old, and we did the math, right? And that 25-year-old has a BMI of 2,000 calories, and the 70-year-old has a BMI of 1,200 calories. Do you think their macronutrients are going to be the same? Probably not. So we could see that the calorie model does not match. It does not match. A 70-year-old would not need as much carbohydrates as a 25-year-old, even if we did use the same calculation and gave them their BMR. You have to eat for where you are right now. All right? Eat for where you are right now. Eat for your gold and where you are right now. As you get older, your protein requirement increases. You're younger, your protein, your protein requirement, you could probably get away with it. Because you are in the optimal ranges for hormone production to lay down lean muscle mass. As you get older, you're in... You're in less than optimal, way less than optimal ranges to take away muscle mass. The calories does make a difference then. It's your macronutrients. Eat to fit where you are right now. Your ratios to your body, to your body fat percentage, to your age, to your gender, to your goal. 
I know you guys are going to have some questions based on how we put this together. Here's the advice right now. Here's what you're going to do. You guys have your numbers. I'm going to send you the conversion template right after. You take your conversion template and you put together your meals. Only when you get more skills, you have more choices. Now, an easy choice, turkey fish chicken is easy. But the carbohydrate choices and the fat choices, they become a little trickier. You want to have variety, but you got to have skill before variety. Everybody's clear? Is everybody clear? No. Any questions that you guys might have, type it in the chat. Type your questions in the chat and let's go. Nobody has questions. Everybody, everybody approves right now, right? Nobody has questions. Because my son was on a Zoom last week and the teacher asked, do you have any questions? He's like, no, I'm fine. I'm good. Came back with a 68. He got his neck locked. <laughs> Just flame. <laughs> Point is, you gotta, you're gotta, gonna have, you, you, you gotta make sure and understand this. Now, um, questions about when you should eat what? Meal timing. Post-workout. And this, this right here, my friends, have, I got caught up in this. And I'm gonna make sure that you don't get caught up in this too. When you're trying Where to build muscle, fit go ahead. Into the meal plans? Where does red wine fit into your meal plans on your cheat day, honey? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Think, 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 think about this, right? Um, red wine contains fructose. Fructose is not the best thing to consume when you are gain, when you are trying to lose weight. Fructose is not the best thing. No, everybody talks about the, the pro, the antioxidants of the red wine, right? It does not, it does not outweigh the no's, the negatives, all right? Um, again, if you are leaner, you could probably get away with a glass of red wine a day, perhaps. The body, the liver has a natural alcohol pathway. So sometimes if you are not metabolizing carbohydrates properly, the liver could take fructose and turn it into alcohol. That's why we get this non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. You have fat around your liver. You even drink a day in your life or you drink one drink every weekend. You're like, how do how the hell do I have fat around my liver? That visceral fat. That unhealthy fat. Because the liver has a natural pathway to turn fructose into wine. So if that's not an issue, I guess red wine can be something you could do once a, one a day, one every other day for the week. But if that's an issue, then um, do not have red wine or limit the use of fruits. Now we're in the, now we're in the uh, topic of fruits, fruits that you should eat. Blueberries, raspberries, it's going to it's gonna be on your sheet that I'm going to email. So you can take notes, but you're going to get it anyway. Blueberries, raspberries, uh, tart cherries. Tart cherries are also good for soreness and inflammation. So if after, you know, you, you're working out and your joints are sore and you're going to have carbohydrates in the meal, you could probably add some tart cherries in there and it's going to help with the inflammation and the recovery. There's... um. 
I can't remember the name of the company, but we tried out uh, some supplements from tar cherry and whey protein. There was like 15 grams of whey protein and tar cherry extract. That thing was magic. I haven't seen them since though. Apparently, I only thought that way. Uh, how much less should I be eating on days when I'm not following my regular macronutrients? Um, go for four to six hours. The research is four hours to maximize fat burning. Six hours to maximize muscle loss. Weird, right? That doesn't make sense at all. Why? Six hours. After six hours, the body produces more growth hormone. So people who fast eat one meal a day, they produce a lot of growth hormone. And they build muscle fast. It's weird. Like, I can't do it. I wouldn't think about trying it. Um, but six hours maximizes our growth hormone secretion. Fat loss, you would burn more fat. Um, four hours, you would burn more fat, sorry. So, so to, answer, to answer your question, Kevin, four hours. So you split your meals in three. If you're eating five to six times a day, just go down to three for that one day. And if you think you are gaining fat as you get, as you, as you build in muscle, you could use that one day, not every seven days, but you could use that one day every four or three. Guys, the information that I'm given is not rule of thumb. You put it together, see what works, and we could troubleshoot as we go along. All right? You, I'm teaching you to be a little more, more intuitive, more, more in tune with your body and more in tune with how you're feeling. Some days you might need more food. Some days you might need less. We are not mathematical calculations. Just doesn't work like that. All right. Um, any other questions? I guess we're all fine. Okay, um, here's what we can do. I am gonna have everybody on the call. Wait, wait, wait. Erica had a question. Go ahead, Erica. It's Let me... in the chat. She's, she wants help on, uh, she's not eating enough, which leads her to snacking. Yes, so for example, I had two eggs this morning, three pieces of turkey bacon. I felt satisfied with that. That was 250 calories for breakfast. So then between breakfast at like 7 a.m. and, you know, four hours later, lunch, um, I start to feel a, a little hungry. So I, it's, I'm having a hard time like really getting that bulk amount of calories and fat and protein and everything into the three meals. It just, I feel like I'm more inclined to eat smaller, but I'm trying to get there so that I don't snack. That's right. my issue. You're trying to get there. Awesome. No. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> yeah. Based on... Based on the numbers that you that you new numbers that you have, redo that calculation and see where your protein uh, numbers are. Now I know I know wrong what you weigh, um, and if I look at I know wrong what you weigh, and if I do a quick calculation in my head, um, that meal that protein in that meal is way too low, way too low. All right, and protein has the protein uh, keeps you satisfied, keeps you um, keeps you fuller for longer. Protein and fat. So that meal, two hundred fifty calories, based on what you weigh. I know you. That's nothing. Right. So in order to bump that up, you'd probably have to add more fat. You're gonna have to train your body to eat a little more at that time. Cause what the snacking does, guys. All right. 
probably I didn't I didn't I didn't stress this after what the snacking does. It keeps your body releasing insulin. We did this last two weeks. If your body's releasing insulin at various points in the day, there's no time for the insulin to drop. So if you think you are doing well now on your fat loss uh, on your fat loss program, wait until you stop insulin and then start it back. You will see a big change in your body fat levels just like that. Guarantee you. But you gotta eat more on the other end. It's counterintuitive to what you have been drilled in your head. Eat small frequent meals multiple times a day. This is very different to that. We could see how that approach, that approach failed. So Erica, to answer your question, you gotta bump that meal up. You probably might just have to add some type of nut butter to that meal. Um, and probably add probably some egg whites to your protein, to your, to your, to your eggs. Or add a scoop of powder. Remember, guys, we're eating, we're eating to, to achieve a certain look or a certain type of performance. It doesn't have to look like what comes on your menu in a restaurant. It just has to fucking work. You could also, instead of having three, have four meals. If you're eating breakfast at 7 o'clock in the morning, 7, 11, 3, 7. Perfect. Instead of snacking, just split it up into four so you're still eating more throughout the day. Might help crave those snacking things. All right. Use your numbers and um, put together a plan. All right. I guess that's it, everybody. Everybody's done. Everybody's awesome. I am going to send the, 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 the tracking sheet via email. I'll do that right now. And um, I want to thank you guys uh, for giving me your time on a Sunday. I want to see these changes implemented and I want to see everybody's training plan, what their body fat was today and what their body fat or their weight is going to be two weeks from now. You guys implement these changes. This shit works. I wouldn't give it to you. I wouldn't waste my time. I wouldn't waste your time. This shit works. All right. Thank you guys for being here Sunday. Awesome. If you haven't gotten your workout, we'll get your workout done. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. Talk to you. See you in two weeks. Jill, Erica, Kevin. Um, Chrissy, you have Erica, right? Yeah. 